calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey, welcome back to Sweet, A Lady's Guide to Bro Culture. This is the show where I, Gina Bloom, a transgender comic, uh, bring some of my favorite funny ladies and non-binary people onto the show to talk about uh, movies for boys and other things for boys that they may not have experienced. And we have we have something for y'all today. We have a very, very boy movie and some very, very funny people uh, here to discuss it. Uh, what we're talking about uh, today is 2001's Swordfish, um, starring John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, and Halle Berry, and a lot of other guys that you weren't really expecting. Don Cheadle plays a, a pretty prominent role, and uh, there's a lot of like that dudes that just pop up in small roles. Uh, it is the story of a computer hacker, played by Hugh Jackman, which is not a sentence you hear any at any other point in history. <laughs> But um, you're allowed to laugh, Chloe. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> hired by uh, by man of mystery John Travolta and um, woman of mystery Halle Berry to pull off an elaborate hack that involves a lot of things that don't quite make a lot of sense, but things do blow up quite a bit, and it's always perpetually sunset in the land of uh, swordfish. So uh, our folks here today are um, the lovely and talented Chloe Kozer, one of my very favorite funny ladies and a r actual like super good friend of mine. Chloe, say hello. Oh, my God, Gina, you're one of my favorite people and favorite comedians, period. Hello, I'm Chloe Kozer. All right, Chloe. Okay, and to uh, defend or discuss his love <laughs> of swordfish is, oh my goodness, if you know New York City comedy, you have seen this guy. He performs, I think, 24 hours a day all over the place. Uh, I'm lucky to have him here because I think he has 17 shows after this. The wonderful and talented Gianmarco Ceresi. Gianmarco, say hello. Hello. Thank you. I brought a coffee, so I'll, I'll be good. That is not your natural speaking voice, by the way. Oh, it can be. I'm all over. <laughs> That's true. I'm a chameleon. That's true. You are. You are a theatrical comedian. This is gonna you be. You know a how chameleons show. talk in different voices. Yeah, you know right. that. <laughs> that is right. You can talk like that. It's it's. It's an effort, though, is what I'm saying. That's gonna. That's it's an hour of talking. Yeah, you, you can you can affect. I'll throw it up. I'll just bring out the inner. Yes, bro. bring out bring out the inner bro. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The inner bro, bro of Jean Marco. Okay, and today, yes, we are talking about swordfish, um, and it is something. Let me tell you, um, I forgot how good it was. I watched it again last <laughs> week, and oh my god, 
Oh my goodness, Chloe, I, give give Jean Marco your opinion while I set the timer. This is the hardest I've had to work to get through a movie in years. I am generally like a bro culture fan. Like my favorite comedy is like Anchorman. I love my violent anime and and shit. But here's how much I disliked it. Near the end of the movie, I accidentally hit a button on my video player that made it play at one and a half times speed and I left it. Well, there are a lot of slow-mo sequences, so I could see how it could there, there are, uh, actually have worked out pretty fine. Yeah, yeah I did it because I don't understand slow motion. It's like I always feel like it's a video error, so that's, that's why it's been enough. Okay, wonderful. We're going to have we're gonna have some differences of opinion here today, and I cannot wait. Uh, yeah, so again, we're talking about um, Swordfish. It was, it, I think it's got like maybe a 68% uh, Rotten Tomato meter reading uh, at the time, which is... Fresh, but not certified fresh. Cer- yeah. Certified fresh is 80%. So it's a, a plurality of votes uh, were positive back in the day. And it made a decent amount of money at the at the box office, under $100 million, which would be considered a disappointment for a Jerry Bruckheimer film. And uh, Jerry de- Bruckheimer made this? I believe he did. It's, if not, then it's definitely in the Bruckheimer mold. But um, for that kind of film at the time, like Con Air or The Rock, these were... These are movies that generally made about two hundred million or so uh, in you know early two thousands dollars. That translates to about three hundred million now. That's that's a shitload of money. Uh, Swordfish did not make a shitload. It made a it made a f- like a, like a half a shitload, like a squirt load of money. It made a, it made a decent amount of money. I think so it looked. I think it made it something like one and a half times its budget back. Yeah, something like that. That sounds about right. It was a successful film, but hardly the um, hardly the first movie that people think about. But uh, when I saw it, I was just struck by it. It was like a time capsule of that type of filmmaking. So uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, Chloe, give us your first impressions. You're very vocal about your feelings about Swordfish. Um, I I loathed it. It felt like a Why bad— Why did you loathe it? It felt like— God, I, I need to I need to do that thing where I just don't say because it was the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, it felt like it was doing a bad impression of the things that it wanted to be, like the forced Tarantino-esque dialogue that you could tell the writer really loved when they were writing it. Like the, yeah, oh, I like movies. I'm that character that's going to be savvy. It's a wish fulfillment movie where no one would want to be any character in I the movie. I have that entire scene. Wait, what? <laughs> No one would want to be any character. I, I that that is. I, I was just like Hugh Jackman. I want to be Hugh Jackman. You want to be you want to be the hacker that just like constantly gets punked on and fails. <laughs> and he ends up he ends up with a lot of money and his and his daughter, so they can go like caravanning around. And her mother was brutally murdered. Yes. Yes. Which yeah. one of which she which she had no reaction to, no emotional reaction to being kidnapped or having her mother murdered. When they when they introduced the mother, they always they did it like she's at the porn studio and she's like the daughter's just smoking cigarettes in the back and she's fucking it's Can we curse? Absolutely. With swordfish, we have to. Yeah, absolutely. It's a radar film. Go for it. Yeah. I also just like I didn't like the action like i thought the chase sequences were really boring and surreal um like i like a good chase sequence but it felt like they had that really awesome fast car that then didn't seem like it was going that fast all right john marco yes okay get in there and give us your impression all right so you gotta understand i saw this movie when i was i think for my 12th birthday and i remember the room i remember the room we were in the living room was me my three best friends 
And like, we're 13, we're all just figuring out puberty, and we got two classic scenes. One is Hugh Jackman hacking the FBI, I think, while getting a blowjob, which was big for us. We're like, oh my God, you can play video games and get a blowjob. It was like, it's astounding. Which has never happened. It's never happened, but it's a movie you fantasize. (laughs) And then second, the Halle Berry scene, the Halle where she puts, where you see her boobs, when I was 12, this was the greatest moment of our entire life. We paused and we're like, oh, we missed that line. We need to go back and see this one more time. And it, it's like one of – it was a, a coming of age, coming of, uh, of, of, of sexuality. And the movie doesn't pretend to be what it's not. It's, it's sexy. Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman look beautiful. He's the most beautiful hacker in the entire world. I forgot. This was Hugh Jackman's prime. Yeah, yeah. He he's, was he's, he's beautiful, man. Young man. Although he is aged Berry. like wine he as well. Like yeah. he was he was good grapes and then aged like wine. Well, yeah. same with Halle Berry, but like in this movie you're like, "Oh my god, they're stunning." Yeah, their physical perfection in this movie. They're little baby. You know she was paid I she was I think she was paid a mi- 2 million dollars to extra, just to be topless. Just to yeah. be topless. Just to be topless. Yes, that is true. That's how much you have to pay me to not be topless. <laughs> <laughs> so I got topless on stage for free last night. So oh, there you go. That's, I, I did that over the at the last Del Close marathon in the city. That's what we do. Yeah, we we show off our boobs. Go ahead, John Marco. So it's I'm not saying it's the greatest movie in the entire world, but it doesn't pretend to be something it's not. It's it's fun. It's cool. And it has a very bleak ending for it. The ending basically suggests that John was kind of correct that he was doing the right thing. It a really weirdly, is a very like war hawk like message. Yeah, so weirdly fascistic ending. Yeah. Can, yes. I, can I ask one question? Did you not steal your dad's porn? Is that how this movie was important to you? <laughs> I'm trying to think if if this was like. This was probably when I was still like in the images phase of like yeah. porn, where it'd be like Google safe search off. Oh, so to yeah. see someone be breathing while naked, that was a very exciting thing. <laughs> I, I do. I tend to watch a lot of underwater pornography. <laughs> Absolutely, and choking stuff. Let's be real. Lots of choking stuff. <laughs> um. So I when I was I just I was enthralled. It's so cool. John Travolta looks. Horrible. The he idea is. that this man was ever a sex icon, like especially with what was that facial hair? Oh, oh the God, single, this, this, the single line, this. the um, the skip down a layer, Hitler. It's like yes. the undercarriage yeah, Hitler. The skipler. Yeah, yeah, not good, not a good look. The, the landing strip uh, on his chin. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I gotta say, um, I really enjoyed Swordfish. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. Chloe. It was actually a lot of fun. Usually, I agree with the woman on on this, but I, I thought it was dopey and like sexist and not accurate computer hacking at all. That, that was the one part I like. I think I actually have heard that is the most accurate hacking sequence <laughs> in movies. That scene where he's like working on the mainframe and he's playing it like piano, and they make this incredibly yeah. intense montage of the, the person with the, typing with the fifty thousand watts of fucking playing on the soundtrack. That's like that's what the techno track was saying. Like yeah, the vocal. Sample. I I actually I, I did legitimately enjoy that. I also loved when he came in and saw the screens, and there was just a screensaver, and he was like, "Oh." I'm juicing my pants. Oh yeah, well, there's like the seven monitors. Like, oh, they have seven monitors, and <laughs> yeah. they have like the the shooting star from like the more you know, like <laughs> graphic <laughs> playing through all of them. Yeah, I I thought I thought it was fucking dumb. It's a dumb movie. It's a stupid movie as stupid movies get. But like, 
it's like assembled out of spare parts from what I could tell. Like they have like a bunch of other movies that were successful and they just stole stuff. They have John Travolta's character. He's basically the same guy from Face Off, but his his haircut comes from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and they have like the bus ending with the bomb vest from Speed thrown in there. Well, and it starts with that bold monologue. Yeah, that, that meta, bold like, monologue. Movies are crazy. We ha- Dog we- Day Afternoon's the best movie, unless you consider his other movies. Yes. <laughs> he immediately undercuts himself. It's his best one, unless you consider other ones. Which is funny, because he's like, the realism. And then he's like, but he should have blown people up right away. We, we have that entire clip. We're going to share that in just a minute. But I do want to start. Um, we're going we're gonna to watch the theatrical trailer. This is the, I will say the theatrical trailer is what kept me from watching it in all these years because I think I was the prime age for this when it came <laughs> oh. out. Oh, all right, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a very frank and fun discussion about that. Right, I'm gonna pull up the the trailer. Frank and fun sounds like a cobbled together clown. Who is he? He exists in a world beyond your world. What we only fantasize, he does. He lives a life where nothing is beyond him. He takes what he wants, when he wants. So how do I find him? You don't find him. He finds you. Good job. Senator, we have a problem. Did you know that I can buy nuclear warheads for 40 million each? Hell, I'd buy half a dozen and even get a discount. What do you think is gonna happen if he starts tying up loose ends? wants to meet you. He'll pay you just to meet you, Stan. Ever heard of Operation Swordfish? Nope. This is a sweet deal. Nine and a half billion. Do you have any idea of how much money that is? We go in over the phone lines, pop the firewall, sit back, wait for the money. So what we need from you, Stanley, is a worm. Marco, let's give him some incentive. Hey, what are you doing? I have been told that the best crackers in the world can do this in 60 minutes. Unfortunately, I need someone who can do it in 60 seconds. You're kidding. Go! 45 seconds. You're gonna get these people killed! 20. Who are you? I'm not what you think I am. More time, more time! Come on, stand! 50. I think that you think I'm a bankrupt. Truth is, that I'm worse. Control, be advised that this is now an aerial pursuit. Hold on. Three, two, one. Too bad, you gotta die. No, 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 wait, wait. Not everything ends the way you think it should. John Travolta, Hugh Jackson, Halle Berry, and Don Cheadle. Swordfish. Okay. Uh, for, first off, I want I want to say that you brought up Face Off earlier, and as I was watching that this now just now, imagine how much better this movie would have been if Nick Cage were in John Travolta's role. I do oh, agree with that. I agree. Absolutely. Nick Cage would have or not... Nick Cage in, in Hugh Jackman's role, or, or Halle Berry's role for that matter. <laughs> well, also, they talk about he's like he like lives in this world of sex. There was zero. He was a weird. Bad. He didn't like. He, he had didn't. all these women around, but he never was like. He never did a anything. sexual creature. He was a little bit just like. Bah, we need to get the money. I think. Yeah. I think. I think my feeling on it is, if it were worse, I would have liked it better. 
like I if, see that. That's is there a term for that? That like fine line of it's bad enough to be enjoyable, and then it's slightly well, good enough that it's just like bad. That's that so bad it's good thing. Yeah, but, yeah. It, it was but not like quite bad enough to be good. I think I found it frustrating because I felt like it was gesturing towards better campy movies. The plot hinges on the fact that they have some CIA slush money that has been in like these various Central American banks earning interest, as they say. And the, ti- the timeline. Wait, wait, are you a banker? <laughs> Hold on. The timeline is it, this happened in like the late 80s, early 90s. So it's about 15 years of interest. In 15 years of compounded savings and checking interest, <laughs> it has gone from $600 million to $9.5 billion. That is a phenomenal amount of interest. That took me out of the movie for a minute. Just nothing else did. Just the yeah. No, when I saw when I was twelve, that was banking. one of the things we had to pause and run the numbers on. And yeah, like, absolutely. This is it was like absurd. This is this is not this is not accurate banking right here. What is that? A seventy-five percent compounded interest rate? Do you have any idea how much money that is? Yeah, yeah. It's a number. I know exactly how <laughs> much money it's that nine is. Nine and a half billion dollars. You've told me exactly how much money it is. I do, I do feel like I completely understand why someone would like this movie. Like, I'm worried that I sound like I'm passing judgment on y'all for liking it. No, not at all. Like, I Wait, was there any moment that you went, oh, this is fun? Um, I, honest to God, hated it from end to end. <laughs> you know what? I liked, I did enjoy the very first conversation because it was like, oh, this could be weird. And then honestly, when they blew up a random lady, like, I was just like, blow up a dude. I thought it was sexy. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's this, like, I think it, there's something about it that, like, Halle Berry, Andy Jackman, the scene that they had together, like, it just is a very, uh, it's sexy. And I, I remember those scenes. I just remember those scenes. I remember when I was 13, there was also a scene where the three women get in the tub and they're like, he's like, I don't have a bathing suit. And they're like, that's okay. And I, I remember it. I remembered it. I was waiting for it to come up. And I haven't seen it for 15 years. You know, Maybe I I think, I mean, I do think that these kind of movies, like, like not to explain away your enjoyment, but when you do see it in like those moments, it makes it really good. I found yeah. this aggressively not sexy. And as uh-huh. like as like a baseline... I am one of the horniest people I've ever known. Even Everything turns me even on. Even the Halle Berry scene? It felt, so, it felt so pointless. It was like, there's so many better ways to show tits than just moving a book down. It was a tanning. It was a tanning. tanning. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand <laughs> the function of what tanning. If, what about with the wire? And the door is open, and she has the wire on. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I, it, felt, it felt gratuitous. It felt uninteresting nudity. Like, I mean... They paid two million dollars for Halle Berry's tits. Well, that's true, but like it's, but it's not a porn. Like that's eight hundred thousand dollar a breast and two hundred thousand dollars a nipple. See, that is good math. Also, that, also, not that you should have you should have calculated their interest because that would have been only probably like one point nine billion. Not, not, not. They've overestimated their their interest by a lot. Anyway, but also see, going back to that the, the blowjob hacking scene. Hugh Jackman's reactions during that, like if you were hacking and there was a gun to your head, I just imagine you wouldn't be enjoying it. But Hugh's, and this is when I was twelve, so I was like, "Wow, blowjobs must be amazing," because he was just like, "Oh, I can't concentrate on hacking the FBI." Yeah, how the fat? How in the fuck could he maintain a hard cock with a gun? To it? Also, you know, what I love is I have no idea if the blonde knew whether or not he was actually going to get shot in the head. Yeah, and she's just fine. Maybe I don't know if she knew or if she didn't know, and she's just like. All right. Yeah, they really She's didn't give a lot of backstory to that poor that woman. 
Actually, that's funny because like one of the things that that I I did um when I w- when I watched the movie at the time, I would often like wonder what like certain women in the movies were were doing. And I remember at the time thinking about that girl, like what is her life about? That this is her job is to is to blow hackers while <laughs> <laughs> while they are. She might have other responsibilities. She might, she might though. Is this, like is this, is this like this is like Plug a swimming naked, right? A, a night's work. Like like I just like I thought this is interesting. Like almost like I almost like thought of like fan fiction for her. Like what is what does she do? Like the next day, she has to go to like Trader Joe's and like just go on with her life. That was the stuff that I thought about when I saw it back in uh, back in the day. Oh, I remember. I think that was the year Scorpion King came out because one guy in my high school named Evan Schwamm was trying to talk everyone into skipping prom to go see Scorpion King. <laughs> he always wore Hawaiian shirts. And uh-huh. as you can tell, the most popular person in our school. Obviously, obviously. The Scorpion King. Yeah. Course. All right, John Marco. You had a very strong reaction to this film, based upon largely it seems your your uh, your adolescent viewing of it. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about how that affected you, like when you saw it the first time. Well, I think it's just it's just that it's just being uh, pubescent and like discovering sex, and this felt like wow, the, the being an adult seems so cool. You hack and you get blowjobs. <laughs> you hack and you get blowjobs. That's what being an adult is like. Yeah, I was into the action stuff, but I don't know. There was something. It's just it was just one of those interesting moments. This movie was like being with other guys my age and just like a weird moment of like we all really like this, right? And we're like, yeah, this is the coolest thing. I also loved. Because with my friends, we'd watch Jackie Chan movies, Jet Li movies. Yeah. So like. Mm. The bar for an action movie being cool at twelve was very, very low. Hard. Yeah, yeah. I it was that. just I like was twelve too. Yeah, an explosion, a yeah. slow mo, pan around. Ugh. <laughs> awesome. All right, all right. We're gonna play another clip. Um, it is the first scene of the film. I am dreading watching. The oh, from you, you! I am like <laughs> thrilled. You are gonna love what we have coming up. It is the literal first scene of the film. And it is a doozy. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. Now I'm not some grungy wannabe filmmaker that's searching for existentialism through a haze of bong smoke or something. No, it's easy to pick apart bad acting, short-sighted directing, and the purely moronic stringing together of words that many of the studios term as prose. No, I'm talking about the lack of realism. Realism not a pervasive element in today's modern American cinematic vision. Take Dog Day Afternoon, for example. Arguably Pacino's best work, short of Scarface and Godfather Part One, of course. Masterpiece of directing, easily Lamette's best. The cinematography, the acting, the screenplay, all top-notch, but They didn't push the envelope. Now, what if in Dog Day, Sonny wanted to get away with it? Really wanted to get away with it? What if, now this is the tricky part, what if he started killing hostages right away? No mercy, no quarter. Meet our demands are the pretty blonde and the bell bottoms gets it in the back of the head. Bam, splat. What, still no bus? Come on. How many innocent victims splattered across the window would it take? 
Well, there's a problem with that movie. Really? It wouldn't work. How come? Audiences love happy endings. Pacino escapes with the money. Boyfriend gets a sex change. Love happily ever after. No? No. Ah, homophobia. Bad guy can't win. It's a morality tale. One way or the other, he's got to go down. Okay, we just watched uh, the opening scene of Swordfish, whereupon John Travolta starts by telling us that Hollywood movies are shit while we're watching a very Hollywood movie and uh, proceeds to, to say uh, why the movie Dog Day Afternoon is great and then uh, proceeds to suggest changes that would ruin the movie Dog Day Afternoon. This movie <laughs> tries to... <laughs> This movie tries to have it both ways, um, and yeah, and it ends up having it neither way. Um, yeah, the the opening of it, I actually I did like because I felt like it was such an over the to me it the intro felt like a it felt like a if you critique this movie you're being ludicrous because we know that this movie is ludicrous, like trying to inoculate itself to criticism. A and also, bit, yeah. I I was like I was like oh this is man they really want to be able to do Tarantino dialogue and they really cannot do Tarantino dialogue. They were really trying the Tarantino thing, and that that was um, a big thing back then was to like have this referential like in the culture yeah. type dialogue. Yeah. Um. Also, as soon as that is over, uh, someone misgenders uh, Al Pacino's girlfriend. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's, they, it's two thousand. It's but it's two thousand one, and like at least John Travolta is like, hey, it's that's homophobia. Like it. Yeah. Like yeah, he no, he tries does. To, he tries to be a little like two thousand one woke, but <laughs> but doesn't yeah. quite make it. Yeah. This is the part of the movie I liked, and then I feel like it wasn't ludicrous enough to live up to that. Well, immediately after this, they. Uh, yeah, it turns out that it, they are at the bank robbery at the across bank the street. Robbery, yes. That's why going back and seeing it doesn't work because I'm like, why is he talking to them about this? Why would he share this with them at yeah. all? The whole thing, and like, I would have to go back to see if it made any sense at all. But it's like no. the whole thing is them trying to kind of uh, pull the wool over Hugh Jackman's eyes. Yeah, and I'm like, did Hugh Jackman need to think that Halle Berry was a informant? And then that Halle Berry had died. Hugh doesn't care about any of this. He just wants money to save his daughter. Yeah, he just, that's right. His, his, and this whole, there's a lot of like weird layers. And I think what happened is that they had to justify <laughs> the scale of the script. Like it was like, they had to, like the conspiracy had to be big enough to, to justify all the, all the money they were spending. Like they're blowing up half of LA. So, how would how would you conceivably do that? Well, if you have the entire government involved in it, then you could. And it's just like, well, how how is John Travolta even doing all this? Well, he switches bodies apparently every now and then. He has he has a he has a dead body John Travolta double stuffed right. in stuffed in there where he's like somehow got like oh, radical when, plastic surgery. When Hugh Jackman is like, wait a minute, here's a dead body, but I know there was a fake dead body. I'm not going to bring it up to, like, Interpol. But yeah. then he remembers that one line John told him was, like, the, the oh, greatest yeah. trick the devil ever pulled. Yeah, the misdirection he was yeah. Was that he never existed or that he died? I do, think, I do think the one thing I like about this movie was that it made me realize that The Prestige was a sequel. 
<laughs> go, yeah, weirdly enough, the Prestige was a prequel. Yes, <laughs> he had the Prestige device the whole time. That's what happened. All right, Jean Marco, you uh, give us. You started a little bit, but give us your your thoughts on this opening. See, for me, this is the part where, where I started. I was like, oh no, this was a garbage movie because it just <laughs> the pretends. Very first scene. It's yeah. just this illusion of like, guys. I know this seems a little crazy, but we got it. It was like the same impression they'd give you like in Lost, where you're like, well, there's some deeper meaning here. Yeah, yeah. We know and then at on. the end, it's just like, it was all a lie. And they're still alive. And that's it. And there was nothing. And if you could go back, I'm sure if I watched it a second time, like now, I'd, I'd be like, none of this makes sense. Not a single it does. Moment. It doesn't. Like, I mean, here's an idea. Why doesn't he just go in at night? I bet they could bypass the security systems and not have to have any hostages because all they needed was Hugh Jackman to be in there for 60 seconds. Yeah, it's like, just, right. that's a security guard, run the fuck in, run the fuck out. Hugh's the protagonist and there's no, you know, he has like a moral crisis kind of about people dying, but he just wants to get the money for his daughter. But they make him have the moment at the end where he's like, no, I can't do this. And he's really just a side player to all the action that happens. Yeah, no, he doesn't, need to be in the movie at all also i like at the end when he realizes that john travolta's gotten away from it whom he loathes like he lost his freedom to stop the the fbi from reading people's emails and then at the end when he realized travolta got away it's sort of like like the you know what you got this one man you got you got me on that one respect Mad respect, Bishop Bomb. It, it's odd that we we've apparently switched switched opinions because uh, now John Marco's bitching about the movie, and you're like, "Hey, man, it's okay. That was kind of fun." It's the only scene you like. Though. Well, no, but then then for me, it set up an expectation that the movie compl- instantly failed to live up to. Yes. in my mind, I was like, "Oh," because I mean, I hadn't I hadn't seen it. it. Was like, "Oh, this could be interesting," and then. I did. I had to take four swings at watching this. I was like, oh my God, I've got to finish this by tomorrow. I like watched it in 30 minute chunks and I was so bored. I hit 3 a.m. in the morning. I was like, I got to go to bed. But I had 40 minutes left. I was like, I got to finish this movie. That's, I swear. I Yes, and you tagged me on Facebook while, while you were watching this. It was, so it was so a car porn movie where there's only one car. There's one car and a lot of SUVs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chloe, other than the opening scene, tell us a scene uh, from from uh, Swordfish, good or bad, that sticks out in your mind. Honestly, the one that's immediately coming to mind is like the slut and porn and um, oh, sex yeah, worker totally. phobia yes, like, scene absolutely. with the mom. And it's like, yeah, she's just pouring herself a tall glass of vodka and it's like... <laughs> Fuck that slut. What a gross slut is like the point of that scene. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's weird. Which isn't Hollywood uncommon, but I was just like, mm. it's weird that they did that in the sense that they had kind of a lackadaisical attitude towards sex anyway, like to begin with. Like when like in their scene where the the girl is blowing Jackman while he's while he's doing, you know, the, blow the hacking, jack. the blowjack. Yes, the blowjack. <laughs> No one ever they, they, has they, sex. No one ever fucks in the whole movie. Well, good job is sex. Well, well, but I'm saying like they don't, they don't like they. It's like there's women everywhere and there's yeah. men everywhere, but no one ever like goes no, in a room and has right. Halle Berry and Hugh never have sex. They, you never see John Travolta have sex. It's kind of like sex. It's more of an item. Sex is more like a a accoutrement to the yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a, like a Fast and the Furious movie where it's just a bunch of like girls in front of cars waving flags or something like that. But like, but like you know. 
that scene happened where the blowjack scene happened and it's it's exploitative but it's also like no one thought it was a big deal at the table that this girl did that like they didn't shame her for doing that she should have been the mastermind at the she end. should have been the, she it, actually that would have been that's a much better ending um <laughs> yeah no if madam blowjack yeah the away greatest the trick the devil ever pulled was just that's right making you think he blew people at the table <laughs> actually what my my thing was as 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 a as an IT professional, was like I could I could hack the NSA firewall, not just while while getting oral sex. I could do it while giving oral sex. That's 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 <laughs> that would have been a more that would have been much that, harder that hacking much scene. Harder, you would you'd have the dick in your way, and you would be trying to hack the NSA firewall. That what if you had the screen on the guy's bush or the yeah. person's bush? Sorry. There you go. That that would work. Like a little tiny like like phone screen. You could. You could it's hard to type. Blow. Yeah. It was the the bobbing would be difficult to keep concentration. I think. So I think you obviously just, you just modify so it's got to be a good blowjob as well. It has yeah. to be like a real. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, if you're hacking the NSA, you're not going to be giving out some like C plus fucking blowjob. Why would you do it if you're going to like suck the dick half heartedly? That's no longer impressive. That's, that's right. Right. The, the NSA deserves some some top quality. If you're going to play brain. a guitar solo on rollerblades, but not be in a half pipe, you're a, you're a bitch. You're a baby bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I hold this opinion very near and dear to my heart. He has um, very strong opinions. Don Cheadle's great in this movie. Don Cheadle, yes, yes. He's Don given Mark- his all. He yes. actually he is the best performance in the movie. I love his boss too. He's from The Good Wife. He's such a good actor. Yeah, though in this movie he plays like the I'm the angry boss. The I'm idiot angry boss. all the time. Why did you call me? The the surprise when the lady blows up and it's like she has a winter coat made of c4 <laughs> she has a winter it's like it's like no get her out of there she's clearly in the clear now and then it's like no but there are ball bearings on the there c4 are ball bearings. all right jean marco you were you were talking about don Cheadle. um let's go let's pivot off that tell me like i asked chloe uh about something that stuck out in your mind good or bad maybe it was something with don because that that we have not touched the on interrogation Don's scene classic classic interrogation oh with, with axel torvald i think is the, the the guy's name i never is forget it? that name again yes. like another the sexiest the hackers in the world oh the best you never see the workout you see Hugh jackman do a couple golf swings at the beginning of the movie and somehow that gets him a six-pack yeah <laughs> <laughs> also the random Halle Berry is very good at golf oh can I point out that the thing that caught the master hacker is that he pointed out to them to like hey this, the case is really nice and he just had his other fake passport in the case world's like it fifth was greatest hacker yeah but, but he had the scene he had to be the one that's like this guy lives on a different world yeah he drives nice true. cars yeah, and yeah. people give blowjobs right. to interview for him <laughs> They fall down the hill and halfway there's a tarp like that's different. Though yeah, they they would be dead. That was they were rolling for a long they when were, I saw that yeah. scene I was like they'd all be dead. Their bones would be shattered. I've yeah. been nass when skiing and like fallen it's like it's incredible how far you fall down a hill when you fall skiing, but it's like yeah, they're mostly rolling. Why is there a tarp? An enormous tarp. A tarp of what? inconceivable size. <laughs> yes, why <laughs> So, and then so, Hugh Jackman doesn't look crossing the street and gets blasted by a car. All right, so we've established uh, I am I am taken out of the film by by bad interest calculations. Mm-hmm. 
Chloe, you were taken out of the film by inappropriately placed tarps. Yes, and hills where I'm like, mm, that's that's too that, long. That's an excessive amount of hill. Uh, Jean-Marco, did anything did anything odd take you out of the film? Honestly, it's just the ending. Whereas one of those where the, he realizes they got away, and I forgot about how the movie ended. So I was like, oh, is Hugh gonna like find them and kill them? And then and then I was like, no, they're just fine. And he was right. And that was the twist. And now he's going to, yeah. on his own, take care of terrorists abroad. Yes, and it's cool his... killing innocent people because John Travolta knows what he's John doing. Tra- listen to John. It, it's Yes, it's a weirdly fascistic ending, like I said. All right, we're going to watch one more clip. And oh, it's my favorite clip of all time. 50,000 watts of fucking... Oh, cubes. Cubes and cubes. <laughs> A cube made of cubes. Rusty cubes. Hello, my name is Rusty Cubes. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. I've done. I've, I'm an actor, and I've done some typing scenes. Yeah. And like, I just there's in the beginning, when I was younger, or in the beginning of the shoot, you're like, all right, I got to figure out like what I'm doing. I want to feel real here. I want to be like actually typing things, and I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then after a certain point, you're like, fuck. This is, I can't, I can't, my imagination isn't capable of doing this, so you just start typing. You start pounding keys, yeah. So, like, you imagine, I mean, knowing your big budget movie, I'm sure at some point it was like, oh, I need to pretend like I'm solving a problem, and what is the problem? And then at some point it's like, fuck it, do, 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 yes, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is the craziest I would love to see all the footage they got of this. Just hours of him just, just going like, him just no, pumping. no, no, yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, yes. Dance, dance, Hugh. Have some wine. Stand up while you're doing it. Play it like a piano. Bang it. Horrible. I'm a hacker who knows a lot about wine. Yes, wine hacker. This this was this was for me the scene where I was like, I was like, all right. If all right. the rest of the scene, if the rest of the movie could have maintained that level of ridiculousness... Sure. I, I would have been I loved it. I loved that scene. This that was when I saw this movie back in two thousand one, that was the scene that I remembered the most out of anything out of Halberry's tits, out of any of the gunfights, out of any of that stuff. And I was already in like the computer world at that time. And I knew it was fucking ridiculous. But like he basically hacks to like to some some bumping to early two thousands techno, fifty thousand watts of funkin' or fucking, I can't tell what they're fucking. saying. It seems like they say both at different times. Um, I prefer fucking. That is the name of the song. Oh, okay. Because well, I, I read a Siskel, uh, um, or no, I read an Ebert review, and he uh, start out the word. Oh, I wonderful. I presume he would have researched well, it. Well, okay. So, mystery solved. Thank you. But um, basically, he hacks, and his whole thing is to continue to hack until he builds a bunch of cubes that are interconnected. That are the, around a center cube. <laughs> that are around a center cube. That's... And... And like it's no more ridiculous than like than like the, the infamous Unix system scene from Jurassic Park or or any of these other things. But I, I love any like stupid hacking montage where they're making shapes on a screen because like that that's just wonderful to me. A lot of that stuff is like you've got two chances to put in a password. It could be 
hundreds trillions of different combinations yeah they, they do this they have this thing it's wonderful where they they keep adding they keep multiplying the the levels of bid encryption like oh it's a 128 yeah no 1024 bit encrypted it <laughs> not even i could figure it out which you know <laughs> which is funny because all that means is that there's basically some number of trillions of different combinations that it could be so it's impossible to brute force your way through even a 120 you have to use some sort of social engineering to do it yeah, one. I feel. I feel like. I mean, what is it? If it's numbers and letters, that's um, thirty six to the one hundred and twenty eighth yeah, power. That's yeah. already. I mean, that's already a, a number that is so functionally impossibly right. high. Right. We've we've already established that 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 swordfish is bad at math. That they yeah. they, yes. they already cannot count, cannot properly compound interest, and and they they do not understand uh, bit encryption. Um, but I just love that scene, and I, and I I, I want to drive this uh discussion home i pull that scene up because it is the scene that i watched when i was young that like really like tickled me i i more than anything else just the stupid typing scene like most of my life was spent online at the time as as like a baby trans i was not out so most of my most of my trans life was was spent on the computer and and on the internet so i spent a lot of time on the internet and uh, I would have loved to have had six monitors and and like my own techno soundtrack to like to like do all my computer shit. So um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up a little bit here in the discussion. Uh, we, one thing we like to do is like to talk about uh, two things at the end. Uh, what we have learned about men, this, given that uh, men have uh, a, a large presence in our world uh, through the lens of swordfish, and. Um, how you feel now that you've seen it, Chloe? We'll start with you. Um, I mean, I feel like the thing that hammered home for me and like hearing John Marco's experience is like there is that moment of like sexual awakening, and I feel like I do frequently forget that a lot of people who are who are watching the movie for the for, for the first time are like in those teenage years back when I watched Mortal Kombat and said it was the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but also that 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 there is this manipulation on saying like these are the like the two the two or three types of men that you could want to be like the movie is i feel like pressing a wish fulfillment on you as i feel like all media does and like yeah. that's the level of brainwashing the, the women are disposable all that i mean people are i mean toxic masculinity is conditioned um and that movie is just one of like <laughs> tens of thousands that do that so 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 i guess your takeaway is that um Yes, there is like a certain like adolescent um, quality about it that a teenager like Jean Marco at the time could have enjoyed, but it also it's a little insidious because it's it's pumping like an unrealistic version. Like, yeah, I mean these, that these... that blowjob scene I guarantee you is in the pitch meeting and oh, may have been the entire pitch meeting for the movie. <laughs> it, that may have got that it this, that may have been the entire script. They may have just improvised the rest around it. Yeah, it's like this will be a fantasy for, I mean, for for anyone attracted to women with a testosterone drive from the ages of like 8 to 80. You know, I think about my my parents were divorced and my dad was like the dad that let me watch whatever. And I think about like the movies that were pivotal to me learning about sex. I, I hear all, all your points about in terms of this kind of informing toxic masculinity. At the age I was, it was just like so fantastical it was fun to 
uh, have that fantasy as as a young kid, just being like, "Wow, someone would be blowjob while I was typing." And I like that Halle Berry. Uh, she seems like on par with John Travolta in terms of like the mastermind of this plan. You don't really see it yeah. at the end, yeah, until the end. But like, I don't know. I I see it when I when I saw it. I I don't think I took any life lessons away from it. I just saw it as like cool. Chloe, uh, <laughs> let the listening audience know where they can find you on social and if you have anything coming up. Um, my uh my social media is Chloe Kozer K O S or C H L O E K O S E R on Insta, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all of that. Um, I mostly perform at the uh, UCB Theater. I've got a, a solo show that just got renamed to I Used to Play a Boy. It is the grossest comedy show I've seen in a while. Hyper, sexual, and stupid. And I've also never performed it without actually crying on stage. It's beautiful. I've seen it twice. Thank it's you, love. It's a wonderful show. All right, Jean-Marco. <laughs> Let everyone know uh, where they can find you on social and where they can find you uh, out in the world. Yeah, uh, it's all my name. Uh, it's at John Marco Cerezi, and that's G-I-A-N-M-A-R-C-O-S-O-R-E-S-I. And I perform... Did you repeat that? I didn't write it all down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I perform uh, at UCB. I have a, a subculture, their new UCB subculture space. Um, uh, Caroline's Broadway Westside Comedy Club, but I, I post it all online, and yeah. uh, and I'm on a sketch team called Uncle Function, and we're at the Pit and uh, UCB sometimes now and then. You guys, thank you uh, for coming on the show uh, once again. Uh, my name is Gina Bloom. You can find me on all social media at Gina Bloom, J E E N A. B-L-O-O-M. This is the show where we spell our names. Uh, you can find me right here on Sweet, A Lady's Guide to Bro Culture on the More Banana Network. And uh, thank you guys for listening in our discussion of Swordfish. We didn't really find a deeper meaning in it all, but it's not the kind of movie that you really could. Oh, that sucks because I had a great read on the title. but man. No, go for it. Go for it. We're all- oh, I lied. <laughs> and there you go. That is, that is Swordfish in a nutshell. <laughs> It teases you with meaning, and then it says, oh, I lied and laughs in your face. So, <laughs> so that's it for us. Uh, just remember, it is 50,000 watts of fucking. Thank you. <laughs>